Welcome to 65. Thanks for waiting patiently for us to come back. And let's see. So we're going to talk, talk a little bit about GPS units and Cena headsets and riding your motorcycle. International podcast listeners. International Thank you listeners. Guys. I wonder how many of those we have. We have to figure out how to figure that out. There is a distribution, more or less, um, on the web on our website on our feed like our uh our tracking website oh okay i want to see that so <laughs> i can we can put together a pie chart that has like percentages but uh it's it's not based on it's based on complete downloads okay so we're reaching like the hundred thousand download mark almost we haven't hit Where's it yet that? but i want to see that um i'll, I'll, I'll send hook me... you up with some some details at the end yeah send me a um, link because i want to see that that's but, that's worth uh, sharing. Really, right that now, many downloads? Jesus. Yeah. Let's find out. Yeah, I want to know. I want to see this. It's awesome. Right now, uh, I guess we've got a lot of recalls to catch up with, including Triumph, but not your beloved, um, more recent Triumph uh, Daytona uh, motorcycles, oh, this, as well yeah. as uh, Speed Triple R's. Don't um, have that. Miller Motorsports. Uh, mm. Some updates on that. If you haven't already heard, wait a couple of minutes. We'll get into it. Um, some recalls on the new RM1, the shocks, as well as some new developments in gear uh, with BMW and Alpine Stars. And how, uh, how Ducati's doing with, uh, with the scrambler sales thus far. As well as victory news. Victory will be making an entrance into the Isle of Man TT as well as doing the uh, Pikes Peak race. So two upcoming events, if you follow Victory Motorcycles. And of course, we'll, we'll hear a little bit about Joanne's upcoming adventures, as well as I will touch upon mine, and we can go into greater detail about that when we get back and do 66. Why don't you jump us in with these news stories? Well, um, BMW, uh, we'll start with the gear end of things. BMW is working with Alpine Stars' tech airbag uh, technology, and they will be coming up with some gear related to that. Um, this, of course, isn't the first example of a motorcycle manufacturer and an apparel company working together, because as you know, Dainese for a long time worked with Ducati to develop a uh, the Dier version, but uh, as well, they have also done a lot of branding, um, Dainese for Ducati over the years. I think Revit is like their new partner, actually. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to think that BMW is now going to add their airbag-equipped technology. So not sure if that will be available to... Um, the public or whether or not that's just for racing but i suspect at some point it will be available and trickle down to us so that'll be exciting and there are consumer products that you can buy of that nature as well little vests yeah, you can wear absolutely mm -hmm. um and then uh sad if you're a miller motorsports park fan because they have decided not to renew their lease so at the end of october when they have their last event at miller the uh, the track will shut down. And that's Salt Lake so, City, right? Uh, correct. 
And uh, basically, I'm not exactly sure, but I know the company leases, I think, Miller Motorsports Park. Mm. So if someone else decides to pick it up, that would be great. I did hear somewhere that um, Salt Lake City or the state of Utah had acquired property adjacent to Miller Motorsports, and they were going to build a prison. (laughs) Mm. So... I don't know, with that news, it just doesn't sound as exciting when you're looking at this beautiful view and you've got a prison in the background in addition to those snow-capped peaks as you're going into, like, I don't know, turn six. Well, (laughs) not a scenic. Yeah, so development is always uh, a a sad thing for uh, tracks and and other uh, things of interest, off-road parks. Because there just aren't enough of us to frequent these places and make them profitable. So they kind of dangle, you know, even with uh, car racing um, on profitability. So sad to hear. Um, The recall for Triumph is their Daytona 675R and Speed Triple R. It's an Olean's suspension recall. And it will only affect a little over 500 units. If you have a model that was built between January 1st of 2014 and April 1st, 2015, that is what you need to be concerned with. So please contact your Triumph dealer if you have a motorcycle with those manufacturer dates. And as well, Olean's, again, another suspension recall for the YZF R1M. I believe only 350 units is probably just the units that are currently available in the U.S. If you are currently in the possession of an R1M, please consult your Yamaha dealer to inspect and uh, replace your Olean's equipment. Last but not least, Ducati's Scrambler. All the all the excitement and buildup of the Scrambler entering as an entry-level sort of motorcycle in, uh, in the Ducati uh, world yeah. has... Uh, has perhaps made April uh, a great sales month for Ducati. Actually, the best April they've probably ever had. Um, They sold over 7,300 motorcycles, and that figure is an increase of uh, 30% compared to last year and uh, basically tops any of Ducati's previous sales months by 800 units. Perhaps the Scrambler is... uh, is something that they can credit those uh, sales with. Hmm. But uh, I'm sure, you know, as well, the the release of the 1299 and the Multistrada is also a contributing factor. Yeah, I'm sure that still made a huge dent for them. It had to be the majority. I mean, it seems like the majority. It's like all I ever heard anyone talking about was this new Scrambler. My girlfriend traded in her pretty new 795. It's the one I borrowed last fall to go riding, and she turned that in for a monster or monster for a Scrambler. And then wow. I, yeah, and a lot of customers, too, were mentioning, yeah, I'm picking one up in two months or whatever. A lot of people pre-ordered them, too. I think it was a long-awaited, anticipated. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know that I'd classify that as a beginner bike myself, but I'm sure a lot of people are buying them as first bikes. They're probably tuned that way, I'm guessing. Yeah. Hopefully. Not a lot of power in the low end so that the moment Probably. you overjuice the yeah. throttle that you're not uh, finding yourself at 60 miles per hour. Yeah. Something tells me zero to 60 takes a while. I don't know. But if you have one, tell us all about it. I haven't... It'd be interesting to ride one. 
And then uh, actually one more. My apologies. So so victory has taken a lot of chances this year. And one of those is to design a brand new engine and uh, motorcycle to be raced at uh, Pikes Peak. And that is with Roland Sands. So that information will trickle down as you get closer uh, to the actual event date, which, if I'm not mistaken, is sometime in July that uh, they have the event in Colorado Springs. Not sure also if Roland is going to be the one racing on that motorcycle, Mm. but uh, that could be interesting. Yet another reason. Last year it was, um, oh, crap, now I'm going to forget his name. Famous Brit came out here and raced it guy. is going to be the replace yes thank you guy martin gonna be i was gonna say it's gonna be rumored to be the replacement for uh for jeremy clarkson on top gear as well guy martin really so so yeah roland getting back into the racing <clears throat> scheme on a, on a victory that he designed would be really interesting and i've seen images of that motorcycle it's pretty badass so that, that'd be funny it's... to see him on on top gear because half the time he can't understand what he's saying He's obviously from a very different part of the UK than Jeremy is. They're from very different, what do you call them, provinces or whatever areas, because they're very—they have yeah. two very different dialects. I can barely understand what he says. So it's kind of like watching what was it? The movie was Snatch, correct? Yeah. Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. Something tells me Guy's more of a—he's got a little bit more street, and I don't know. He's from a rougher neighborhood, I think, and where they. Obviously grew up in very different places. Um, but that should be interesting. He would make a very interesting replacement. And so uh, another victory development um, that's coming out is the entrance of a two-man team consisting of William Dunlop and Lee Johnston into this year's TT race. They are competing on uh, a Victory Motorcycles rebranded uh, Bramo electric race bike. Hmm. So as uh, as we reported a while back, Polaris, which is the parent company of Victory, Climb, as well as Indian Motorcycles, bought Brammo in January with, uh, with, as we would guess, the intention of producing an electric motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So um, Parker, who I actually uh, have a, as a client um, or kind of a distant client because we're doing currently work for Parker Hannafin. Um, Parker is a manufacturer of motion and control technologies. Mm. And so they are providing the motors for both bikes. Mm. So uh, that should definitely be interesting. Um, the, uh, the bike is obviously a prototype. It's going to be in, in its own class in its own electric class, most likely. Um, William Dunlop is definitely a brave soul because he is also riding a, a motorcycle, a BMW S1000RR, in other classes of the TT. So this guy isn't just going out and putting his life on the line for dogs, people, uh, rock in the road, and some crazy corners, if you've ever watched some of the footage from Isle of Man. But he will be on that BMW in the Superbike, Superstock, and Senior classes. So if... Uh, if they can pull it off and that bike races and uh, makes it from start to finish, then mm-hmm. uh, that's definitely an amazing uh, start for uh, for Victory and Parker and Bramo mm-hmm. and Polaris as well. So uh, 
kudos to Victory for stepping out and getting involved. This is what the third departure from Standard for them as they're also supporting drag racing as well. So Victory stepping out in new directions. Mm. Exciting. What else? Does that I think that does that do it for our news stories, so to speak? Pretty much think. blasts all of the news that I've flagged in the last two weeks. Oh, we should mention that May is Motorcycle Safety Awareness Month. And well, courtesy of the AMA, right? And there's that new Gear Up and Ride campaign that the MIC Correct. started, so we should probably mention that. And if you don't know who the MIC is, it's the Motorcycle Industry Council. They are the ones who put together that famous statistic, 25%. Anytime you hear a percentage of women riders in the United States, the MIC is responsible for giving us those numbers that we like to throw around. So the MIC is made up of many manufacturers, including companies like Triumph and Polaris and uh, you know BMW and uh, Revit and a lot of dealers are members as well. So it's just like a giant conglomerate. And they came up with this really fun campaign called Gear Up and Ride. And uh, gear up. it's actually Gear Up Every Ride. Or Gear Up Every Ride, excuse me. And they um, are doing a giveaway. So if you go to their website, Gear Up Every Ride, the contest I think is going through the entire month, I want to say, of May, but you can get more details. Um, on the site, and we'll post a link, gearupeveryride.org, and Correct. you hashed... Or, or huh? follow them on uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram as gearupeveryride. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to hashtag yourself, gear it up, and then the prizes are just a variety of gear and um, maybe some accessories from different brands. So, like, the number one prize, I think, is a full BMW suit and mm -hmm. a Schubert helmet. Um Men, men's or women's, it depends, you know, whatever, whoever wins. So that's going, I think, every day through the month. So check that out if you're gearing and, up uh, every ride. And as Joanne said, MIC is a partnership of a lot of aftermarket companies, helmet manufacturers, gear, motorcycle manufacturers. Um, and basically that industry represents kind of the whole lot of anyone who wants to buy in and share statistics and um, get information out there. And so this is a promotion that if you're noticing a lot of different uh, manufacturers, parts, gear, et cetera, are chipping in, it's because they all belong to the Motorcycle Industry Council. So this is something that as a whole they're putting out. And, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of uh, Caltrans signs lit up, at least I know in California it is. Um, Beware of Motorcyclists, Look Twice is a campaign that they do every May. And mm -hmm. when they're not advertising how many minutes to downtown LA, they have these uh, indications up there about uh, looking out for motorcyclists. And of course, we would like to say that not just May is the designated Motorcycle Safety Month, but mm -hmm. every month should more or less um, be mm -hmm. out there to promote awareness among non-riders and riders alike. So you take a look at their latest campaign, and whether you're a track, street, or off-road rider, um, tag Gear Up Every Ride. Follow them on Instagram. And you could probably add something very cool to your closet. And we all know how expensive really good gear is. <laughs> and pretty much all of the gear that I saw 
as uh, as a giveaway mm-hmm. has a pretty hefty price tag. Mm-hmm. So if uh, if you are interested in picking up a new jacket or boots or helmet, you should definitely check out the Gear Up Every Ride campaign and. Not only just to win something, but if you're in the market to get something and you haven't already consulted with Joanne and you don't know mm-hmm. what things look like or what's even out there, like, huh, I kind of want a jacket, but I kind of want to see like other people wearing these jackets or I kind of want to look at pictures to get an idea of what everyone else wears. Go to that hashtag on Instagram, look it up, because you're going to see pictures of a whole bunch of people wearing all different kinds of gear and it'll kind of give you an idea, you know, so oh. it's also a good way to kind of get an idea for what's out there if uh, if you don't have a lot of options available to you if you don't have a revzilla boutique in your neighborhood well and you're tired of looking at uh at photos of jackets not on bodies <laughs> not yeah not everybody's so lucky what can i say yeah. uh yeah they, it looks like they already have a first week of contest winners and they posted the names already on their facebook so Jump online, hashtag gear up every ride. And of course, hopefully you're gearing up every ride and take a picture. So maybe you will win something. Sounds exciting. Um, So speaking of gear, let's see. I, oh, I, I bought a new helmet today. Oh. I purchased a new helmet with my own hard earned cash. I ended up buying a showy RF 1200 which is one of the most amazing helmets ever. And then actually somebody else in my household purchased a bell. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he, he, he decided he fell in love with Roland Sands graphic uh, on the Bell Star Carbon series. Ooh, it's actually wow. really the Star pretty. Carbon is like yes. the fanciest bell that they sell. <sighs> you Someone know. had a... Someone must have had a good discount because, holy crap, that's like a $650 helmet. Well, you know, working for a motorcycle store certainly has its perks. You know, uh-huh. If you work for a dealer, you know you get a really good deal. So um, he's I looked at the weight star. difference in between the Star Carbon and the one that I got, which mm-hmm. is the RS1. Mm-hmm. And I just said, yeah, 50 grams, forget it. It's, it's not that much because, like, my helmet no. is going to be three pounds, five ounces. Yeah. Which is one of the lightest, it's one of the lightest, smallest shells you can get, especially because it's an extra small, because I've got a pinhead, tiny little head. And it's only, I don't know, four or five ounces heavier than a carbon, and that's not a lot of weight difference, personally. Yeah. I'm already going to be losing, I don't know, three or four ounces from my current helmet, so I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. It is the best helmet I've ever worn on my head so far. But yeah, he I fell really in love. I really like that original uh i think i had the 1000 so they keep yes. bumping up the number every year yes. and i think i had the 1000 every five and I years really liked that helmet. yeah the 1200 is even better it's smaller and lighter than a thousand or 1100 um awesome. yeah it's fantastic but yeah, maybe he... i'll get one of those and get bold <laughs> enough to get a graphic because i went right back oh. to the bell rs1 gloss black oh so i have to show you the graphic i got i got here i'll show you the one that oh, he got I had to. And the reason I got this one, well, one, it's white. And I'm a huge fan of white helmets, obviously. But it oh, also... I saw this one that Evan got. Uh-huh. I like. It also has reflective paint. Like paint oh. splatters. Mine, anyway. Not his. 
but mine. And I could not say no to that. I just thought that is so cool, but it's also white with really cool graphic on it. So it's mostly white with some interesting oh, that's neat. graffiti on it, but the top part, the like, it looks like dripping paint. It's reflective. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So wow, cool. check that's that bad boy out. Neat. So it's not like a, not a girly graphic. It's just light. It's, you know, white with multiple colors in graffiti. I don't even know what it says, really. Just... Ah, and it has the uh, emergency quick release pull tabs on the cheek pads to sure. um, allow you to remove a helmet if you're an emergency uh, responder and you've been in a crash. Nice. Yeah, it has those. It has a... Uh... Yeah, comes with a pin lock, which is nice. Comes with, what else? Has little speaker cutouts, so you can slide your Cena speakers or your Cardo speakers right in, so there's little recesses. Uh, but it's just an amazing helmet. I've been lusting after it ever since I've tried it on, and it fits me so good. But I just love how little it is. It's really, it's kind of short and stubby like an Arai. Um, so the fit is, it's similar to an Arai, but not the same reason which is why I got rid of my my lovely Arai because it doesn't fit me right and um this totally does it's just so neat and perfect and this is going to be an awesome upgrade because I have not had a high performance helmet in a really long time like I bought the x12 which is the race helmet but it was too big it's like just a little big so I'm going to hmm. get this instead I cannot wait so that was cool. our big purchase for the week can't mm -hmm. wait to see that pictures yeah me neither i'm hoping it looks better in person because it's kind of i don't know it's kind of funky it's definitely a little oh, louder i'm sure it does yeah i think it'll definitely look better in person so picked up that oh and um just generally speaking the rf 1200 is what we call an intermediate oval fit so that means your head is ever so slightly longer front to back than side to side but slightly, so not a long oval, but an intermediate oval. So if you fit an Arrivector, or if an Arrivector feels a little bit too big for you, try an RF-1200. If you fit any other showies like a Quest or a GTR or an X-12, you'll probably fit into this as well. Is that me too? You'll probably fit it too. Do I have, well, I mean, I did before, but I'm saying, am I an intermediate oval? Uh, turn your head sideways. Yeah, I, I would say you're probably on the intermediate side, maybe even close to the long, which Bell mm -hmm. does kind of float. They're not a long oval. They're, I think they're more of an intermediate. No one, there's only a couple brands that are true long ovals. So yeah, you probably fit this really well, especially if you fit the, uh, the Bell. Yeah. They're just slightly different. Like I can't fit a Bell cause it's just not tight enough for me left to right but it's hmm. close it's a close it's a similar but just not quite the same fit so awesome there's my plug for the showy hopefully next week we'll have those um sadly we won't have them in time to go riding this weekend to, oh, bummer. trying to go to vermont i've decided or not vermont connecticut because i was looking at the storm maps and all the weather reports say there's big storms and there's going to be a little bit heading into Philly and northern PA. But then when I look at the weather forecasts to the east, like going up the coast past New York into Connecticut, it drops to like 10% chance of rain. 
and the weather's like 70s. So that's the hope this weekend. May or may Oddly not enough, ride. I'm actually dealing with the potential for rain on my ride as oh. well. Oh, where are you going? I will be heading up with the Why We Ride Victory and Indian crew hmm. uh, and Clockworks um, <laughs> up to the Quail Motorcycle Gathering. Oh, that sounds nice. So we leave on Thursday oh. and head up to Pismo, overnight in Pismo, and then from Pismo mm. into Monterey, nice leisurely ride. Yeah, sounds miserable. Mm, I know, total terrible. Yeah, I think there's terrible. a. I think the highest chance of rain is the L.A. to Pismo stretch. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to wear, but as the true rebel that I am, I could have rode an Indian. I could have finally ridden a scout because I've wanted to ride a scout for a while. <laughs> but I am evaluating the uh, Yamaha T-Max, which is the 530cc scooter. <laughs> nice. So this trip will be Christie's first foray onto a scooter. Interesting. Fascinating tip on this big scooter. Is it like, does it kind of look like a Bergman? Here, I'll look it up. What is yeah, it called? Yeah, I think it does. What's it called again? The T Max, T M A X. Have you ever ridden a scooter? And they just, yeah. <laughs> wind, is that, you say windscreen? When's the last time you rode a scooter? I've never. Never? A scooter. Oh my I'm goodness. a scooter virgin. All right, so just a tip. Have you sat on I'm, this thing yet? No. Okay. <laughs> have no idea like i know that i can i've seen the two um bars on okay. the passenger seating okay and i know that i'll be able to mount um my krika yeah. cases if yep. i need to yep uh but i also know that there is a substantial amount of room underneath the seat yep. enough to hold a helmet so yep. if i i think i'm just gonna because i'm basically I, I might actually have to show up to yamaha jump on the bike pack my stuff and go straight out to meet up with the ride and then take off. Mm -hmm. So I might not get a chance to walk around and dance with this thing the night before and pack it. I might have to just kind <laughs> are of you Are you going to ride up one? Minimize. Are you going to be like up Highway 1 and along the twisties? And I'm not entirely sure. But okay. this is the sport bike of scooters, according to Yamaha. Yeah, but here's the thing with the scooter. Well, I'm theorizing and I, I i should look at the specs for this but it's got a long wheelbase which is probably close to your bmw it's like mm -hmm. right but the thing with the scooter is you will be i'm i'm just guessing ergonomically you might be set back a little bit mm -hmm. like in a you know what i mean in a more couched position versus a kind of sitting up over bmw f650 position so, so more like a cruiser. Yeah, I'm just guess it's been a while Maybe since I've I'll sat be in on good a max because I'm gonna be yeah. the only person probably on a scooter. Yeah. up against uh, yep. you know, victory gunners and yep. and scouts and chieftains. So, but in uh, I would always say always gotta be the rebel. Well, scooters are fun though in their own right. They're a different kind of fun. You can't compare them to motorcycles directly because they're just a different animal. And they, you know, they handle differently and they have their own nuances. They're still fun. They're just different. Yeah. People, so, you don't get that. But um, my one so tip to you is, is yeah. to lean forward into this scooter a little bit so that you're, you're not so set back that your arms are kind of 
too straight, so to speak. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, no, no, no. I absolutely get that. Yeah, it's yeah. like my same deal with ape hangers where your arms are like way uh, too up. It's like yeah. if your arms are way too far forward yeah. or your arms are way too far up and you they're straightened out, yeah. you, you don't have a lot of control. And my that's just my gut feeling. Right. Is that when yep. you're overextended like that. No range of motion. No, exactly. No range of motion. If, yep. If everything's kind of, you know, close to you, obviously the most amount of control you have is probably when you're riding a sport bike, right? You know, you're all kind of over uh, it. jumbled yep. up and over it. But, yep. you know, the further away your arms get, the less, unless you've got just yep. mad guns, which I do not. The, <laughs> I, I don't even know if that'll make a difference. But the other thing, too, with this similar to a cruiser is your your center of gravity is going to be a little weird because your feet are going to be thrown up in front of you. That's mm -hmm. what I can't stand about cruisers because I can't ride like that. I need my feet below personally. So to get that comfort, you may want to actually scooch forward and kind of bend your knees even into it just so that you can have some fun in the corners. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get around any of those those uh, cliff twisties. Honestly, but... I think the craziest thing that's going to impact me the most is the fact that I'm not going to shift. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be nice in traffic. It's going to be really, really nice. However, however, one thing that's really hard on with a scooter, although maybe I'm guessing with this bike, the transmission's probably really smooth. It probably has very smooth throttle response and roll off. Like it's probably not mm -hmm. herky jerky. But it is interesting because you can't use your clutch to moderate. You know what I mean? So you're going to be kind of on and off constantly. Um, also, trail brake on your rear brake. Use that yeah. rear to kind of trail brake a little bit, and it'll help kind of, uh, I guess, keep you balanced. And it just provides an interesting alternative to not having a clutch. Like I'm able to drag sure. my rear and on a scooter and then crawl in traffic that, that way. You can't really. And it yeah. And as well, be gentle with that rear brake, too, because right. uh, like most Yamaha models, uh, at least the ones that I've ridden, the 7, the FC7, <gasps> oh. 9, and the FJ09, however, the FJ09 had ABS. Most, oh, uh, does this? Most, no, it does not. Oh. So as I learned quickly on the FZ07 launch, a little too much rear brake could get you in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Might that's get why, you a little yeah. embarrassed. That's why I mean trail brake, just lightly drag drag that rear and it'll it'll exactly. actually smooth things out really nice but i'm sure you'll have a blast it's like it's yeah, comfy so, and so i'm excited because smooth. i think i have uh off the top of my head i probably have about 45 miles or 50 miles on the motorcycle before i meet up with everyone else so i need i've got 50 miles to figure out what it is i'm doing on a scooter before i before i see other people <laughs> So that'll be good. <laughs> oh, also, I'd say also that um, on your on the scooter, it will probably feel so much, even more so than on the motorcycle, just to do one left foot, like balancing with just the left foot mm -hmm. for, down first. Pr try that first. It'll probably feel a lot better, but I, I certainly find that to be more um, stable as well, even the, especially just the scooter. thought of me putting my foot down and knowing that it's a scooter, <laughs> it's gonna seem like there's a floorboard that's like running all the way across as opposed to you know just having to dodge pegs. Yep, so I'm really gonna have to stick like I've just I have all these preconceived notions in my head, and I think <laughs> the only thing that I want to make sure I've got under control is when I leave Yamaha's parking lot, and then after that, I can kind of like go through the hiccups and figure it out. But that's why I was saying it's good that I've got. The distance between Yamaha Motor Corporation and Cyprus and uh, Moorpark. 
to to kind of figure it out and get used to this thing and and take a couple of curves and go around some corners before I join a group of professionals. <laughs> it's that just totally weird, never sat on it. Like I'm trying yeah. to wrap my head around this experience thing that yeah. always really makes me nervous. And of course, me first getting on a cruiser, um, she's probably back a year and a half ago now on a on a um, Indian vintage. That was a huge adjustment. And, you know, within the first couple of hours, I kind of had it down. But, you know, I'm I haven't ridden hundreds of bikes and I don't have that kind of benefit. So that's another thing that if you're listening and you're a new rider and you're wondering, oh, yes, I totally identify with what she's saying. Like, how stressful is it when you get on a new bike and you're around all these people who you're you know, you've been riding just as long as they have. Uh, give it, you know, seven years, 10 years, two years, six months. But every time you get on a new motorcycle, you have a little bit of anxiety. This, for me, is a little less so now that I've ridden more bikes. But it still happens with an entirely new, like, genre mm -hmm. of motorcycle. Yep. And the, the best yep. advice I can give you, and I spent six years avoiding my advice uh, that I'm giving you now altogether, is get on other people's bikes. When someone offers you to at least get on their motorcycle and... You know, ride it. You don't need to take it on the freeway. You can go a block on the thing, turn around and come back. You can easily handle any motorcycle in first or second gear. Yeah. Um, but really resist the urge to pass on that because I can tell you after riding a couple bikes, you just you it's like you get more and more comfortable with uh, challenges and you won't panic nearly as much. But mm -hmm. still, I think before every press launch, I have like my little moment of, oh, where I just, you know, I'm trying to wrap my head around this experience I'm about to have and, you know, trying to be with other professionals and not be stressed out and not feel like self-conscious. And, you know, it's every time I get on an, another motorcycle that a little bit of that experience and that fear just kind of gets chipped away. So I bet you this has like fancy accessory plugs and things. So it probably has like a USB port ready to go. It, and it, it has a <laughs> phone charger. Nice. So That's I'm right. jazzed about that. And it's got like a little, like a glove box almost. Yes. So maybe I can, you know, if it starts to rain and I'm not in a jacket that's waterproof necessarily, um, I can put my phone in that. There you go. Maybe it's, maybe it's big enough to put my Canon camera in there. Who knows? Mm, there you go. But uh, yeah, should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. So that's what I've got going on this weekend. Sounds way more fun. And I can't wait to tell you guys all about it on 66. Yeah. Christy's big adventure. And it's essentially a bike review because who wouldn't, who would pass up an opportunity to ride a totally new motorcycle on a trip up to Monterey? Mm-hmm. What's better than a press launch where someone wines and dines you in a really nice restaurant and uh, in a nice hotel somewhere far, far away? Mm -hmm. Well, definitely it's being able to take a trip on someone else's bike. Don't tell my BMW I said that. She doesn't know. She doesn't care. She does care. <laughs> she doesn't care. She'll be, fortunately, she'll be at my house because I can't leave it at Yamaha. Or no, not my, not at my house, my office. So she'll never actually probably see me on that bike. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got another month till I go anywhere. Well, I'm praying I get to actually ride up to Connecticut, Connecticut this weekend, but uh, the rain looks kind of weird. So you have VR, right? VR version? Yes. VR has ABS, right? Not mine. Oh, I thought yours had. I thought your end had ABS. I think that year it was an optional add-on to get uh, the ABS. Perfect. I think now everything is now. The street triples are standard R's and ABS, but mine's a 12, and I don't think they started it till 13 automatically, and the guy who bought it didn't pony up for that. Thank God he ponied up for the R, but no, no ABS, but it still has really nice brakes. It has Nissan, like the car, Nissan brakes, wow. and they're really nice. They feel really firm, like um, my old gaffer. Like, I can feel the difference between gaffer brake pads and old or stock SV pads. And on this bike, the Nissan uh, brakes, they're just really nice, like a gaffer. Um, they're just, yeah, they're not Brembo's, but they're very nice. Really, really, really responsive. Um, or my levers. Just, sorry, random thoughts. I'm still <laughs> trying to sort out my levers. I'm supposed to get new ones in a few days. Yeah, if you heard, <laughs> if you misheard what she just said, she actually said levers. But levers. for some reason, when I'm sitting here, it's not like sure. my my brain went off to a different website as I'm coming up with the next material, and I was like, did she just say levers? Shorty, levers, <laughs> because the two I've purchased so far are not working. I had to order a third model. Oh no. Uh, eh, whatever. It's coming. So it's coming from Texas. And then, then I got other Farkles to put on at some point. But nice. yeah, if I'm lucky, I will go to Connecticut and report back as well. So that would be awesome. We love hearing about you and your love of this new motorcycle. She is smiling yes, right now. It, it is, is a sight to behold. Uh, it's great. What can I say? It's an amazing Finally. bike. Finally. Um, Finally. And I will, oh, and I, and I will post my uh, bike review link as well. I think I just did it this week. So it should be at the somewhere on the top of my homepage. Um, what else? I think that's all I have on my You know, and as well boring world. If you follow us on Facebook at uh motorific podcast, Facebook.com slash motorific podcast, mm -hmm. you will notice that I've posted some of our listener feedback or links to read it but also um you will notice that i posted my co-host's link to her first article on women writers now she is now a contributor so i also posted her little bio which mentions the podcast so thank you and mm -hmm. me Woo yes my columns there yep i have a permanent column and uh, my first product review will be next month or so for Scorpion. So Scorpion released a ladies touring suit. It's supposed to be a multi-season suit. Uh, so that's going to, it's called the Zion. It's actually pretty cute. And uh, that'll be, I should have that next month. So that's all I'm working on right now. Well... I can share our, our listener feedback oh, that I posted. Yes. yes, yes. So the first foreign 
I mean, we've had a couple of people, I think, write in from the UK before, but I always get excited when I see a new country and and that we haven't heard from before as far as listeners writing in. So this lovely message comes from Jacques all the way in Switzerland. He says, hello, Joanne and Christy. Greetings from Switzerland. I stumbled across your podcast a few days ago, and I've already listened to the first four episodes. I have now downloaded all 64. <laughs> Sorry, Jack, we just added another one. You're going to have to go back and make it 65. And look forward to discovering more of your world. Some info from mine. I have been a longtime Enduro rider. The latest was a Triumph Tiger and very recently sold it and got a Kawasaki Vulcan V900 Custom. I know that you ladies like more the speedy side of life from listening to the first few podcasts, which totally is not the case for me and, and more of my co-host here. But um, <laughs> wow, for me, what a switch. I have no idea why I didn't do it sooner. Every time I ride, I feel great. So he's talking about riding a cruiser uh, as opposed to um, the Triumph Tiger and the off-road stuff. I, I get the same feeling as I'm jogging, freedom, inner peace, relaxation, offloading stress after a long, hardworking day. And it takes corners really well, even the hard ones in the Swiss Alps. So I agree with you guys. It's all a matter of practice, skill, and knowing your motorcycle. I will slowly but surely work my way up through the podcast. And thank you for bringing up interesting topics. Keep up the good work. Ciao from the land of cows and chocolate. So pretty awesome, this whole internet business that <laughs> Joanne and I can record a, a podcast you know at first we started weekly uh, ambitiously and then mm -hmm. we moved it to uh to every two Bi weeks um but uh you know it's pretty cool we kind of started doing this a lot for ourselves and i think we still do kind of use it as a way that we can catch up on stuff um but uh it's kind of turned into something where you know we actually reach people outside of Los Angeles and Philadelphia and San Francisco. So it really is cool to hear people chime in from other countries that actually listen to us. You know, one of our five listeners. <laughs> so, so I'm really jazzed when I hear stuff like this as well. There is another listener from the UK, uh, Nick, that also uh, passed along a couple of words about the Senna system that he shares with his girlfriend touring around Europe. And also he was weighing in on pink. So if you would like the guy's perspective on pink gear, or at least a gentleman <laughs> from the UK, the pink thing is interesting. Personally, as a man, I find the whole pink bike gear thing just incredibly cringy and frankly, pretty insulting to women generally. The other thing is putting swirly riding or floral emblems on bike gear. Mm. And as and I'm looking at Joanne right now as she sighs heavily and, and kind of squints her nose, I'm thinking of some seedy boots, actually, that I own that kind of Me have too. these swirly yep. uh, so floral emblems on it. Yeah. And he says, it just makes me really mad. It looks terrible. Fortunately, there are some good brands that don't do it. And in my experience, it tends to be the more budget brands, apart from CD, that commit these atrocities. Yep. I'm sure people will love this kind of thing. We're all different and sure it's going to appeal to some. But mm -hmm. for me, it just smacks of some corporate marketing idiot making a misguided decision mm -hmm. that because it's for women, it must be pink. So, um... Apart from our uh, little moments in there where we were talking about CD boots, all of that was verbatim. So please don't, <laughs> please don't get mad at me because I was <laughs> reading that. If you if you love pink, but uh, I know we like to wax on it every once in a while. I think we just um, oh, Joanne and I understand that you know some people like pink and that's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. We don't. I, I um, act- no, I, I actually do. Oh, well, yeah. I wear pink. Not in your motorcycle gear, but, right. you know, in your wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the only thing that we have ever said about pink is that, you know, if you're going to have that color, awesome. Just don't have that color alone because we want some other options. So if you're a manufacturer that's listening and your only female item on the menu is all pink, <laughs> we will be sadly disappointed. Uh, good for you. I mean, I, you know, it doesn't disappoint me that that women like the color there's oh no not at all yeah, yeah and it doesn't it doesn't even disappoint me when women want it in all their gear i mean for me i think it's too much and i i just couldn't wear it and it it would overwhelm me but if you love that oops somebody's texting me sorry um <laughs> oops uh oh nester okay uh and that's great wear whatever colors make you feel happy which is amazing it's just when it's used in a different way to try to get us to buy the clothes. That's where I have my biggest issue. I, I love the color. Please have these options. Please don't throw it in my face and expect that me and Christy and every other woman who rides will also like it. That's the kicker right there, just that last part. Because I've got cute pink blouses that I really like, and I've got... I even bought a pink dress, although it's not really pink. I'll show it to you. On the internet, it, on my Skype, it probably looks pink. I actually wore it today. I bought four dresses. Can you believe that? What? Well, I was at Marshall's. Have you ever been to a Marshall's? You know, you it's like You bought Ross. four dresses? They were $10. Like $10 wow. to $15 each. Oh, look at you. It's they're really comfy. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm not screenshotting this, guys. No. But they're they're so cheap. They were they're cheaper than buying like pants and a top. It was 15 bucks oh. for this dress. And then I bought this one. It's like floral like Hawaiian wow. island pattern. Yeah, it's so cheap and it's so nice to live somewhere where it's so hot that it's nice to wear a dress. And then I don't freeze What by the time I get home. You know, it's not like the fog's rolling in and I'm freezing my ass off. It's still 80 degrees and warm and feels really good to wear a dress. So, yeah, I'm changing it up a little bit just to, you know, I don't know, keep things exciting. But, sorry, back on point. I do, <laughs> I do want to address the GPS issue that Nick is having because he also mentioned um, about having issues with his car Garmin and then figuring out how to input his custom ride routes. So, yeah, if, if you want me to go specifically into what he said, just for the benefit of, of those who are yeah, listening, um, I, I have it Nick here. is our UK guy. Yeah. And he basically said that he was uh, hating the fact that it wouldn't let him input uh, – on his Garmin, multiple via points. So he had to input lots of specific places if doing a complicated route. So the way that you get around this and the fastest way to do this is, and I I sent, we have these links and we'll post them. You need to download a program called Garmin Basecamp. Garmin Hmm. Basecamp. It's for Mac and PC, by the way. Um, It's free. Doesn't cost you a dime to use this program. The other thing, what the program let me do before was in, I would plug in the Garmin and then Basecamp would see that I plugged it in. So just USB via USB cable. I plugged it into the computer and the program recognized 
my Garmin. So all I had to do was tell it to, well, I'd use the Basecamp program to make the map, make the routes. That's one way to do it. And then you can tell it, okay, Basecamp, send this ride route to the Garmin, and it'll instantly upload it. The other thing you can do, which was my preferred method, because I really like using Google Maps Engine to custom create my routes. I really like the interface, and I just, I know how to use it really well, and I really like it. You can also download your Google Maps engine map in a format. You can convert it to the Basecamp format and then import that into the Garmin as well using, um, yeah. So there are ways to input, to import your, your ride route with your waypoints. It's, it can get complicated because if you're using Google Maps, you have to convert the Google map file, it's called a .kmz file, you have to convert that to a Garmin format. If you Google, you know, converting Google map files to Basecamp, you'll find all the information about it. But I was able to do that. It was very easy and very simple. I just had other issues beyond um, the map importing thing. So now I'm just using Navigon and it's working for now how it goes going forward but it's it's working so that's my recommendation to try to get your Garmin to cooperate a little bit better awesome yep so, so I yeah think, I think, think that pretty much wraps up episode 65 yes I was just gonna say 64 but yes you're right 65 <laughs> We'll have plenty of exciting things to talk to you about. Our recaps of our trips this weekend. Mm -hmm. Any other news, events, recalls, uh, anything of interest. If you're, uh, if you're looking for something to do this weekend and you live within riding distance of Overland Expo, mm -hmm. please note that Overland Expo in Prescott is this weekend. Mm. And uh, sadly, I had some other commitments for the month of May which precluded me from going this year. And when those commitments fell through, my schedule was open. I wasn't presenting. I decided to do something I haven't done actually ever, and I've been endeavoring to do, which is to go up to the other event I can recommend for you guys, which is nice dress, by the way. <laughs> She's showing me her, her spoils of war. Oh, this is um, like $9. It's okay. The, <laughs> the, uh, the other event going on this weekend, which is the Quail Motorcycle Gathering, which if you... Uh, are looking for any kind of glistening eye candy in the motorcycle world, uh, stuff that's far-reaching and unaffordable in some cases, um, that is definitely for you, and you should come join us up in the Monterey Carmel um, area. So if you happen to be up there, pull me aside, give me a holler. I'll probably spend some of Saturday, uh, apart from preventing drool from falling on the actual motorcycle, uh, at the racer glove booth. So if you happen to uh, <sighs> see Racer Gloves, pop by, talk to Lee. If I'm not around, uh, he'll be able to track me down. So say hi to Lee. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on our 65th episode. Um, you can follow us on facebook.com slash podcast. You can follow our show notes that we post every episode, as well as odds and ends and some random articles at motorific.com. That's terrific with an M-O in front of it. 
as well as you can follow us individually on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Joanne as Gearchick on both Twitter and Instagram. And myself on Twitter as ADV Goddess and on Instagram as Motorific Media, one word. Thanks. Bye.